Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, Matthew 7, verse 17 through 20, uh, and then I'm going to stay on Matthew 7. Um, and I want to, before I pray, I want to have a disclaimer. Whenever I'm sharing, especially someone like me, when I share the scripture, sometimes scripture is just very direct. And so I want us to make sure that we are obedient to, to hearing not, and not get offended by the word. The Bible says, Jesus said, even so, look at verse 17. Look at your Bibles, get your tablet out, get your Bibles out, look at the screen. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. This sounds a little elementary to me, but Jesus is actually saying a powerful lesson here, and you just have to stay with me. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is, cast, is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. You will know people by their fruits. Now, I want to give you a little intro to what I'm going to talk about, like a little intro foundational theological thing about this whole uh, area of obedience and our nature. When we get born again, everybody say born again. That's a word that we don't use anymore. Say born again. Jesus said, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. So when you are born again, there's a complete nature change. Please hear me. Now, remember the, the verse I'm just talking about. There's a complete nature change when we are truly born again. When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we repent of our sins. Watch this. The Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. The righteousness of God is infused in us. Then we have the spiritual DNA of the Lord inside of us to desire the word of the Lord and desire to be obedient. Do you hear me? That's what truly happens when someone gets truly born again. They are instantly transformed from darkness to light, and, and the, the righteousness of God is infused into the individual, and immediately, if they're truly born again, there'll be a radical difference in their lives from what they used to live. Okay, right? Right? Okay. So I say that because what's completely ridiculous to me is when Christians get up and out of shape when non-Christians behave like they're supposed to behave. Well, non-Christians are supposed to behave like sinners because the spiritual DNA of a sinner is to sin. Right? But Christians get all bent out of shape when a worldly person starts acting a fool and starts cussing and starts doing this stuff. Yeah, we don't have to engage in that. But Christians get all bent out of shape when they don't realize that their DNA is supposed to do that. What's completely absurd, what's completely insane, is when someone receives the Lord and receives the Holy Spirit, come on, and the righteousness of God is infused in them, and they're habitually desiring to bear bad fruit. Habitually, that's the key word, habitually desiring to sin and habitually desiring the things that are contrary to the word and they still call themselves Christians I have news for you they probably never got converted and got born again and I, why do I say that that sounds rough right but Jesus said here the reason why you will bear fruit sorry the reason why you will look at someone is at a fruit level the what happens in the outside Jesus is saying here the nature of a tree will show up at fruit level. 
the nature of a tree will show up at fruit level. Say fruit level. If you really want to know what a, what a good tree or a bad tree, just look what it's producing. Because Jesus said a good tree cannot, watch this, continually bear bad fruit. It can't continually bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot continually bear good fruit. If you see a poisonous berry or a poisonous fruit, and you know it's poisonous, right? And, and it's coming out of a tree and you know it's not edible, that tells you, the type of fruit tells you what kind of tree it is. Don't make me preach good. If you see a good fruit that's healthy, fruit, if I say fruit, that's healthy, it has the right color, and you know it's edible, then you know that tree is safe and it's continually bearing good fruit. Now wait, now wait, I know what you're saying. We will all at times as Christians struggle with bearing fruit. Watch this, are you ready to shout? But if you're truly born again, while you're doing that, your spirit is kicking and screaming not to do it. Listen to me. We will all struggle in our walk with the Lord, those who have the Holy Spirit in us. But those who truly have the Spirit of God and got changed with a nature change when they got born again, uh, then even when they're struggling, the whole time they're struggling, their spirit is kicking and screaming. It's like, oh, oh, you're hurting me. Oh, don't do that. It's hurting the heart of God. The danger is the more we do that, the less we feel the kicking and screaming. Right? Why do I say that? Because we, the nature of a person that is born again, has the Spirit of God living inside of us. So if we're kicking and screaming while we're doing these things, then what happens is we are no longer going to be uh, 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 wanting those, those things that are pulling us away. Because the Bible says a tree is known by its fruit. Come on, say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. The key word is habitually desiring the, th- the fruit. That slide up there, put it again. A person who is truly born again will not habitually produce bad fruit and will not habitually be desiring to sin anytime they want. Maybe the reason why we don't see a lot of conviction anymore in Christians because it was never a true nature change. Because in the church today, hear me now, don't throw pies at me. In the church today, in the modern church today, we've taught people to say a magic prayer. And that magic prayer, all we got to do is say, hey, if you're down and out, if you're down in your last hope, if, you're, if, if you're, you're going through a critical time in your life, you need Jesus. Yes, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I want to get out of this pain. I want to get out of this dilemma. How do I get saved? Say a little quick prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I love you. Amen. But we never tell them in this magical prayer, we never tell them about repentance, about picking up their cross, about denying themselves. Picking up your cross, denying yourself, forsaking the world. We just say, say this real, real quick prayer and you're in, baby. But that's not what Jesus said. If you, now watch. A couple verses down. Look at that next verse in chapter 7. Chapter 7. Are you ready for this? Watch this, guys. Hey, look, I'm, I'm the doctor to trying to help you. If there's a problem in your body and the doctor notices a problem, wouldn't he be a bad doctor if he just tried to be nice to you and not tell you what's really wrong with you? 
Don't make me run around the church. Come on now. If there's something wrong with our nature and there's a doctor that says, look, you don't see this, but there's, some, there's a little growth growing inside of you, but you just want to be nice and don't want to offend them. And you say, look, let's just ignore that growth. Everything is fine. Now, look what Jesus said. Now, now, now please hear me. I didn't write this book, okay? Jesus says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. Now, I'm going to explain that. Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven. We're talking about obedience, right? Look at this. But he who Everybody shout does. Everybody shout does. Does the will of my Father. Keep going. Many will say in that day, who is he talking to, guys? Talking to the Christians. He's not talking to the world because he knows the DNA of the world is to sin. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Now, this is a rough one, so just hold on with me, Okay. I'm smiling at you while I, while I say it. And then I will declare to you, I never knew you. Depart from me. Listen, this is the key word. You who practice. Practice. Everybody say practice. Everybody say practice. Just practice, man. See, you basketball fans missed that. You who practice lawlessness. Now, in the Hebrew times, in the Hebrew times, just going to give you a quick little lesson here. When someone said the word twice, and Harvest could probably confirm this. When the, the writers in the Hebrew times would say, verily, verily, or Lord, Lord, the writer was trying to capture emphasis on, on either the tone of that, of that reality or the writer wanted to emphasize the magnitude of what the writer was trying to say. So when they say, Lord, Lord, it was basically like, not everyone that says, Lord, emphasis, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Watch. But those who do the will of my Father. Now, I looked at the word practice. Everybody say practice. This is a key so you guys won't get condemned, all right? Because it's going to give you a balance. The word practice, it says, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Can I just pause and say there's a problem when Christians are practicing their sinful desires on a continual basis and with no repentance. So, so Watch. Because we, we've, bought, we've been duped in America that just says, oh, everything is fine. You could just struggle for every single day of your life. No, there needs to go back to a nature change. Why? Because a good true tree cannot produce bad fruit. You're the good tree if you're truly born again. doesn't mean you're not going to struggle, but it means you will not habitually desire those things. I'm sorry, we've been lied to. If the Holy Spirit truly has encountered you, if the Holy Spirit has truly invaded your life, you will no longer desire the things that you used to desire. That's a true nature change. But if we just say a quick prayer to get us out of hell, a fire insurance, right? If we just say a quick prayer to even, um, to even get our pain. I've seen people that are in severe pain, and they say that quick prayer, the sinner's prayer, because they want Jesus to take their pain away, but they don't want to follow him there's a difference between saying lord I, I just i need you to take this pain away i want you to be the lord of my life okay good this pain is gone that feels really good all right and then after a while you don't want to follow but look at what jesus said he continues to say that practice means in the greek um, ergozomi e-r-g-a-z-o-m-a-i which means to commit to perform to cause to exist. So we got to be careful of some of the things we are, are, are allowing all in the name of bad habits. Well, it's just one of my bad habits. It's one of my bad habits. Well, the Spirit of God is kicking and screaming inside of you. 
saying, correct these areas of your life. Watch this. And the Webster's Dictionary of the word practice means to habitually and repeatedly work at something to become a pro or proficient at. That's what practice means. Some of us, without us even knowing it, we've become pros at being angry with people. Now, see, because we think practicing lawlessness is all this debauchery and drugs and, and a whole bunch of all these sexual things, which obviously that is. But how about if we continue to practice unbelief, continue to practice anger and offense and bitterness everywhere we go, we're continuing to practice it. There has to be a nature change again. Now, you know what Jesus is saying in this scripture? He's saying not, now hold your, buckle your seatbelts. What he's saying in the scripture is not everyone who just confesses Lord, Lord as a prayer and not follows through and follows him will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now what? Wait, that challenges what we've been preaching in the church for the last 25, 30 years. Is God good? Absolutely. But we have allowed God's goodness to be a, a one denominator thing. He's good. Yes, he's good all the time. But it does not mean just because he's good, we continue to live the way we want to live. Now, what did Jesus actually say? Did he say, let's hear the magic prayer? He, did Jesus ever say, hey, guys, I have, a clue, I have good news for you. I'm going to die on the cross in just a little bit. But all you got to do is just say this magic prayer, and everything is okay, and you're in. Say it. Just say a quick little prayer. Just say this after me, and you're good. Okay, you're good. But let's see what Jesus really said if people want to follow him. Are you ready for this? Are you, are you ready for this? I just hit my elbow. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> so a lot of people, when they heard that prayer, somewhere in the service, how many people have heard, I mean, I'm not against the power of prayer. Please understand me. And I'm not against any type of prayer. But what I'm saying is we have developed this magic formula and say, hey, come to, come to the altar, say a quick prayer, and you're done. Just like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just repeat after me. Ba, 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 whatever. That's foolishness. Foolishness. You don't train people how to speak in tongues. Holy Spirit came upon them, and then they spoke in tongues. Come on. Amen. Come on. We're, we're a spirit-filled church. We can talk about tongues without getting offended. Right? So, so, so watch this. People hear this prayer, and they either say it out of guilt or pain, or pain, this severe pain, or they're in some sort of trauma in their life, so they say this prayer. I used to get disappointed when I lead someone to the Lord, and they, had, they were in severe pain, so obviously their heart is open for anything, right? And so I had them say this prayer, and they're like, okay, they felt good, and then a couple weeks later, they're cursing again, they're watching the same things, and I would get discouraged. I'm like, Lord, what happened? And the enemy would just throw these darts at me. And I heard years later the Lord, Lord say, some people only come to me so that I could deliver them from their pain, but they don't want to follow me. I'm going to say that again. Some people only come to me because I, they want me to deliver them from their pain, but they don't want to give their life up and follow me. Come on, let me preach good here this morning. All right? Now, I know this is not a shouting message, but look at this. There should be a significant change to someone who is born again versus someone who just says a little prayer. There should be a significant, a, a significant change. So let me ask you a question before I go to this uh, next scripture. Why did you come to the Lord? The Lord? I wrote this down. Why did you and I come to the Lord? Maybe there's people here that you maybe uh, are, are just good churchgoers or, um, or maybe you've said this 
a, a prayer when you were little and you said, well, I'm in because uh, I said this prayer. And I don't, I don't discount the power of what happened between you and God. But here's my question to you. Why did you come to the Lord? This is a good question. In the first place. Please hear me. Did you come to the Lord? Did you come to the Lord so he could rescue you from the depression that you were in? Praise God. Did you come to the Lord so he could heal you of some infirmity and then he heals you? Did you come to the Lord because you were really in a dark place in your life? Or did you come to the Lord to deny yourself and follow him? Now wait. He will do all that, that seek ye first, the what? The kingdom of heaven and all these things shall follow. Now look at what Jesus said as far as when it comes to following him. Look at that Matthew chapter um, 16, verse 24. Look at what it says. Are you getting something this morning? Look at what Jesus said. In verse, chapter, seven, chapter 16, verse 24. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, to who? To who? So those disciples means follower, right? So he said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, are you ready for this? Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Church, is this the recipe of why we came to the Lord. And most of us, it is. But I want to encourage you because I believe we have just settled for something and we're wondering what's happening to our lives. We should be the most happiest people on the planet. We should be the most powerful, the most victorious people on the planet. We, we, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're washed by the blood of Jesus. Angels are assigned to us, and we're afraid, and we're scared, and we're walking into a room, and nothing happens. But we should walk into a room and light up that place because the presence of God is in us. We, we, should, we should change the atmosphere, not just by our talk. If we're really, and I'm talking to myself too, if we're really following the Lord, people will notice I remember one day after a service, it wasn't here, it was another place, and I was, it was one of these services that, that it lingered, you know, like the presence of God lingered, and I'm at a drive-thru, and I'm just so, guys, uh, it was so surreal, I was like, it was like following me, it was this, 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 man, this presence of God, it was so powerful, I went through a drive-thru eating, and no lie, this is a true story, I ordered some unhealthy stuff, whatever it was that I ordered, and I said, thank you. And all I just did was look at this girl. And she said, you're glowing. That's what she said. True, true story. She goes, you're glowing. And I saw a door open right then and there. Some Christians will say, thank you. I just was in the presence of God. No, I realized she saw something in me. I said, you know what that is? That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. He said, I said, he could change you. The Lord could change you. And there is no greater peace than the peace of God. And I was ministering to that lady right there in the drive-thru, and I remember her, like, giving my sandwich in slow motion, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but I tell you, there was a seed planted that day, and I, and I told her to turn to the Lord. I told her about some other things. But here's what Jesus said. If you want to follow me, deny yourself. Everybody say, deny, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Say, pick up your cross and follow me. Now watch. Now, this is where I'm going to shift a little bit. The Bible also tells us that we have the ability to, watch this, learn obedience. Now, wait. Now, I'm not talking about in a class, like, 
All right, everyone, we're going to talk about obedience today. You're going to learn it, and now you're magically going to be obedient because I taught it. No. You know how the Bible says one of the ways we learn obedience? Are you ready? This is going to encourage you, but it's also going to be a reality check. The way that the Lord teaches us obedience is through the school of hard knocks. There's a school called the School of Hard Knocks. And you know why I say you learn obedience during this School of Hard Knocks? It's because through pain and suffering, God teaches us to yield more, watch this, and surrender more, and therefore we'll be more obedient. And let me just tell you the supreme example of who we look to. His name is Jesus, and the Bible says something about Jesus, the Son of God, fully God, yet had to learn obedience, watch this, through what he suffered. Oh, some of you are suffering right now, and what God is trying to tell you, there's a lesson in your suffering. There's a lesson that God is trying to teach you while you are suffering. There is a learning curve that he's trying to teach you while you're suffering, because while you're suffering, you are made aware greater of your need for him. You're made aware more while you're suffering of your grasp for him, and you realize, I truly need you now more than ever. During times of suffering, you will find yourself surrendering more to either the enemy or to the Lord. But your surrender level will be higher. Oh, let me tell you something. If you're suffering this morning, there is that teacher that the suffering is causing some sort of lesson that he wants you to learn. And that's between you and God. Now look at what the Bible says in Hebrews. Look at that scripture that I gave you. Now watch this. So also Christ did not glorify himself to be high priest, but it was he who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Watch this. As he also said in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, oh my God. Now he's talking about Jesus. And Harvest talked about this in his prayer. I think you use this in your, in your prayer seminar. He's smiling at me. When he had offered up prayers and supplications, who is he talking about? This is Jesus who is, who is crying out through his suffering. Prayers and supplications, Jesus offered it with vehement cries and tears. What? Jesus had vehement cries and tears? Yes. With vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his godly fear. Are you ready for the school of hard knocks from the, our Lord? Though he was a son... He learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Are you kidding me? The Lord of glory, the King of kings, Jesus, absolute perfection, learned obedience through the things he suffered. When he was in that moment in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he could have done a whole bunch of things, he says, Lord, is there any way that you could pass this cup for me? But nevertheless, watch this, not my will. Yours be done. That's a Christian life. Not my will, but your will be done. That's, that's the surrender life. He was, the Lord was teaching him how to surrender even those moments. How about in, the, in the, the time when he got arrested and Peter, my boy Peter, I love, he was a gangster. I believe he was like a, his bodyguard gangster or something. He was just gonna, and he got a sword and he chopped the dude's ear off. He was going for his head. You know that, right? He was actually trying to chop the dude's head off and he missed and got the ear off. And listen, listen. If I were Jesus, I'm, thank God we're not Jesus. If I was Jesus, I would be like, that's right. You deserve your ear getting cut off. Now you know who's the son of God. 
But look at what Jesus said. Look what Jesus said. Watch this. Watch this. Learning obedience through things he suffered. He was, he was already arrested, about to get punched in the face. The Bible said in Isaiah, his face was two times as large of any man. And you couldn't see him. Could you imagine me coming in through the doors and you couldn't even recognize me? Not even say, is that Pastor George? You would say, how is that? Because my head was two or three times the, the, the size of its normal size because of the punches that they did to Jesus. So Jesus picked up the ear put it back on the guy, healed him, and then he said to Peter, Peter, put your sword away. Watch this. Don't you think that I can't now call legions of angels to save me? I believe in the spirit realm, the angels were like, <sighs> just say the word. I mean, I mean it, they were just on guard like, I can't believe they're doing this to the king of glory. But he learned obedience. He learned how to yield. Come on, somebody. He learned how to be obedient through the things he's suffering. Let me tell you something this morning. If you're suffering in any form, there's a lesson that God wants to teach you. It's just between you and him. Maybe it's stop being prideful. Maybe humble yourself. Maybe surrender. Maybe stop complaining. And you say, well, that's not the nature of God. It's all over the Bible. When he told the Israelites, go ahead, do that mountain again because you're not getting it. Go around that big old huge mountain. And then finally, Moses had to say, how long will you have to go march around this mountain? You're not learning your lesson. (laughs) Hello? Some of us, I'll just say this before. It's not in my notes. This is for free. This is good stuff here. Some of us could extend our wilderness experience because of our lack of obedience and not learning it. God is trying to teach us. Remember what I told you before in Deuteronomy 8? When they finally, when like Moses, like he gets in front of the people and he's going to say good news. If I was the PR guy, I would be like, no, don't say that, Moses. He's like, hey, the Lord says to you, it is I that caused you to hunger. He's 40 years in the wilderness to teach you what was in your heart. I would have been like, that's a bad move. Don't say that. Blame it on the devil. That's what we do, right? Blame it. Blame it on the devil. Right? Come on, come on, come on. Hey, it's easier to blame on the devil. That way God looks good. God goes, no, I want them to know it was me that caused them to hunger so that I could teach you what was in your heart. God allows us to go through sufferings because are you ready for this? And, I, and I, I'm guilty of this. So I'm going to say this. When you suffer for a long time, it really tells you what's in your heart. Because all this stuff starts coming out your heart. And God says, I know. Just keep, that's why I want you to learn what's in your heart. And all this negativity and all this stuff was in there that I, have always, or I didn't know it was in there. But God knew it was in there. And he allowed suffering to draw out of me. Now, I'm not here to glorify suffering. I'm not here to say, go suffer. <laughs> but I am telling you that the Lord allows it because, watch this. Look at, that, look at verse 8 again. Verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 5, the, the verse before. And though he was a son, you would think if anybody would be exempt from suffering, it would be the Lord. He said, though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Oh, my. Is this good stuff here? Now, watch this. I'm almost done. But I want you to see this. If Jesus had to learn through suffering, then we need to learn through suffering. God teaches his obedience by by yielding and surrendering more to in times of pain. If you're in a time of pain, run harder after the Lord. I found myself 
in a good broken state. Good. There's a bad broken state. But a good brokenness of I said, you know what? I'm tired of fighting. Let your will be done in my life. Whatever is the purpose. And here's what happens with suffering. Watch this. And I've learned this the hard way. When you suffer, whether it's a physical affliction or an emotional affliction, for that season, you're no longer looking at the Lord as much. You're looking at your pain all the time. Is that correct? You're looking at your pain, your situation, and your gaze to the Lord is lost. Now, I'm almost done. Obedience is a constant theme of the New Testament. Now, I know we can't, listen, we can't earn the favor of God. Are you ready for this? We can't earn it. We can't buy it. But we can position ourselves to receive it by being obedient. We can position ourselves to receive favor, watch this, and reward. Kevin, you're going to love this. Rewards and favor come after obedience. Oh, put that, put, put that slide up. Just as there are obvious consequences for disobedience, there are also great blessings in this lifetime and the eternal age for our obedience. God blesses and rewards obedience. Say reward. Say favor. Okay, let's, let's say I am obedience, the per, that obedience, right? I'm going to say, come here, come here uh, Keith. And I want somebody fast. Come here, Amanda. Come here, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Come here, Amanda. <laughs> So I want, you to, when I, when I, I want you to follow me when I say go. Just follow me wherever I go. So I'm obedience. This is reward. This is favor. All right? Favor, reward, reward, favor. I'm obedience. All right? So when I'm obedience, go. Everywhere I go, when, I, when I'm obedient to something that the Lord tells me to do, <laughs> if it's this way, if I go left, if I go right, <laughs> reward and favor follow me come on give it up for them amen <laughs> why why do i say that please, please hear me now please hear me we're two years and 10 months we're not even three years old and god look at what god god we're owners of this building we're not even three years old the fame watch this i'm going to set someone free here here is the key the favor and the reward that came on RCC or came on my life did not come as I was thinking about being obedient to the call of God in my life. It didn't come while I was contemplating it. It came after I executed the action of what I felt God was saying. Then the favor followed. Then reward followed. People say, man, how did you do this? I said, I, all I, honestly, I said, I was just obedient to the voice of the Lord. Because God knows there's so many more people that are much better qualified that could be in my position. As a matter of fact, when I was giving the tour to people, and some of you were here, we came from the, from the school, and we were only six months in, and we got this building to rent. We didn't even know we, had, we were going to own it like we are. And I gave, it was all kind of messy, and we gave a tour, and everyone was like, wow, this is ours. I go, yeah. And then I pulled somebody aside. I said, I know that God called me, but sometimes I wonder, did he call the right person? <laughs> I honestly said that. And he goes, why do you say that? I go, because I have no clue about permits and construction. I go, I feel like a complete idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm breaking the law. Or if I'm, you know, I, have no, I have no clue. And the guy looked at me. He goes, that's why God gave it to you. Because he's going to get the glory. And let me tell you, not in my wildest dreams that I could have figured out that all this would happen. But if, watch this. If you're obedient, say obedient. The Holy Spirit will reward. Now, now watch this. Look at Revelation chapter 22. I'll need the worship team to come up here. 
to start, get, start getting ready to come up. Man, I'm doing good on time, too. I'm happy about myself. I'm proud of myself. Revelations 22. Watch this. Revelations 22. Look at verse 12. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Look at the screen. Look at your Bibles. And behold, I am coming quickly. And everybody say, my reward. Say, my reward. Say, my reward. Is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Watch this. Keep going. I am the Alpha and I'm the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who, watch, watch this, do, everybody say do, do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates of the city. Listen to me, from beginning to the end, God's words never change. And only those who are obedient to his commands has the right to the tree of life. Look what it says. They may, blessed are those who do his commands. They may have the right to the tree of life. Guys, I know it's quiet in here. It's not a shouting message. But if you love the nature of God, everything inside of you should be shouting. You know why? Because there has been preachers that all they do is preach blessing messages, which I'm great for that, but they never teach us the importance of the benefits of obedience. Now, when I say obedience, is anything, his voice to your life, his call for your, for your life, even the place where he is gearing you and, and, and steering you for your family, be obedient. Now, please hear me. This is going to be powerful. Don't base your obedience on convenience. Don't base your, your, your obedience because it's easy. Someone told me the other day, man, that's hard. It must not be God. I'm like, what Bible are you talking, are you looking at? Do you think it was hard? I mean, sorry, easy for Abraham to give up his son? Can you imagine Abraham and God tells him, hey, you know that son that you've been waiting for for 100 years? Yes, Lord. I, I, I've waited for that. He said, um, I want you to sacrifice him. Do you, can you imagine Abraham going, yes, I've been waiting for this moment all my life. That you would tell me to kill my son for you. Yeah, this is amazing. He struggled with it. Why? Because of his son. But he knew if he was obedient, God was going to do something for him. Can I hear an amen? I want you to look at that screen. Look at the screen. Put this, uh, God, that slide up. God won't bless the intent of our obedience. He will bless the execution and action of our obedience. I'm going to say that again. God won't bless the intent of obedience. He will bless the execution and action of obedience. I'm going to give you quick scriptures. Watch this. Quick scriptures. I know some of you, some of you are tired, but I'm going to give you real quick scriptures. Right? John chapter 15. It's going to be up on the screen about obedience. John 15, 9 through 10. As the Father loved me, I also love the Father. Look at how obedience is laced through the New Testament. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, that's obedience. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments. Right? So he said, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Now look at James 1, verse 22. In the NLT, we did this a couple months ago, but I want you to read it in the NLT. But don't just listen to God's word. <laughs> you must do what it says. Come on, give me one amen. Somebody say Amen. Otherwise, you're fooling yourself. Listen, we got a lot of good hearers in the body of Christ. You know how I know? Because they throw that hanky, amen. That's good if you say amen. I want you to say amen. But don't be satisfied by hearing a good word in a conference and say, man, that was a good word. Man, that was powerful. I'm not saying you're going to go back to your sinful life, but do something about what you heard. 
Can I hear an amen? Now, real quick, look at these, uh, look at these quotes by Andrew Murray. How many know Andrew Murray, who Andrew Murray is? Powerful writer. Look at this first quote. Obedience is the starting point of true holiness. Obedience is the starting point. If you get the obedience muscle, spiritual obedience muscle right, every area in your life will fall into place. You'll be obedient in your giving. You'll be obedient in the way you speak to people. You'll be obedient in your, in your calling. If you value obedience and you treat it as holy, that's the start of true holiness. Look at the next verse. And I'm going to give you a scripture that I didn't give you, Zach, so just be ready. Watch this. Obedience is a secret of a good conscience and the confidence that God hears us. I want to say that again. Obedience is the secret of a good conscience. If you're struggling with guilt and shame, it's either something that, that was done to you or there's some area that you keep falling in. Am I right? But obedience is a secret of a good conscience. Now watch this. You say good conscience? Look at, uh, I didn't give you this, Zach, but I'll give you real quick. First Peter 3, verse 7. You say, God, God answers every prayer. Does he? Does he? See, I know a lot of people won't say that, right? Does God just answer any prayer? Look at this. In the same way, you husbands, husbands, I'm talking to you. Wives, this is for you too, but husbands, listen. You must honor, give honor to your wives. Help us, Lord. Treat your wife, watch this, with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner. Come on, ladies, you can say amen. I'm trying to help you out, ladies, come on. She's your equal partner in God's gift, this new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. God answers every prayer, okay? Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. That means your prayers could be hindered. No one's talking back at me this morning. Our prayers could be hindered if we are continually dishonoring God's word and being, watch this, disobedient in our relationships. Well, that's a whole other word. That's a whole other sermon. Obedient in our marriage, obedient with our children, obedient with each other. Right, come on, say amen. Now, here's, here's the last thing. I'm gonna, I'm, here's the last thing because this is powerful. Scripture declares us that we are slaves to whatever we obey. Woo. Oh, my, my. Some people think that slavery is foaming at the mouth and, and demons coming out. But I have a clue for you. You could dictate what you're a slave to by watching what you're obedient to. Watch this. Look at the last scripture. Romans chapter, chapter 6, verse 15 in the NLT. And I'm going to close. Do you hear me? Are you guys hearing me? Well, then. Watch this, guys. I want, you to, I want this to hear, hear you, that you and I can dictate our freedom level or our bondage level based on what we're obedient to. This is very simple. The Bible says we are a slave to what we obey. Say that with me. I am a slave of whatever I choose to obey. Say it again. I am a slave of whatever I choose to obey, whether good or bad. 
Watch this. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can't go on sinning? Of course not. Watch this. Look at the next verse. Next couple verses. This is the key while we're on landing here today. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? That's not PG speaking that. That's Paul, the apostle to the Romans. You become a slave of whatever you choose. Here's the key. You choose. It's your choice to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Look at verse 17 and 18, and I'm done. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now wholeheartedly obey his teaching we have given you. Look at verse 18. Now you are free from your slavery to sin. Are you ready to shout? And you have become slaves to righteous living. <laughs> slaves to righteous living. That's why I tell you, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Because if you're a slave to righteousness, you will be a slave to righteous living. That means righteous living controls and your impulses, your, your initial impulses is not first to do wrong, it's first to do good. Oh, I, feel, I really feel like running around this church right now. We have got the key to our freedom. What are we obeying? Are we obeying the TV? There was a meme years ago that there was a TV and it was a big TV and, had, and it had a human being chained. Do you guys remember that? And the human being was on the floor and the TV says, you will not think for yourself. You will not talk for yourself. You will only listen to me. We're a slave of whatever we choose to obey. You can discover the root of your obedience and what you are a slave to by whatever you are obeying. But you can also predict the fuel and consistency of holiness by being a slave to righteousness. Let's all stand up. Come on, let's all stand up. We're going to worship this morning. I know it's a little heavy in this room today. Why am I speaking this message? Those of you who know my heart, this is never to beat anybody down. This is to get us back to a place of obedience and following the Lord. Close your eyes and lift up your hands and ask yourself, what am I yielding to? What am I obedient to? What have I become obedient to in my life? Have I become obedient to the, my desires? Have I become obedient to other people's opinions? Have I become obedient to lust? Have I become obedient to anger? Or have I become obedient to humility? Have I come become obedient to holiness I'm going to say something real powerful here then we're going to worship you can be a slave to righteous living it doesn't mean that you won't do anything bad but it does mean that if you choose watch this please hear me if you choose to obey God's word every time you choose to obey you get stronger every time you take that step of obedience watch this the fuel of holiness gets higher and stronger in you into watch this you become ruled by holiness what what is being ruled by holiness means which means you no longer oh this is so powerful tolerate what you used to tolerate you'll be in a situation you'll be in a room and things are going wrong and you're like you know what I am I am fueled by holiness and this does not agree with this and you have to make that decision God is wanting to set people free today. Not by just saying, I rebuke you. I'm going to give you a clue. 
before we pray. God wants to set you free by making you choose what you obey. So here's the word of the Lord for you this morning. If you want to be free, it's very simple. Choose to obey. Righteous word of the Lord. And relinquish the other things that you are being obedient to. And slowly but surely, those chains will start unraveling around your head, around your heart. The more you are choosing to be obedient to the word of the Lord, or to what he's called you, the more you'll be free. Lift up your hands. Come on. I feel the Lord. Christina, let's, let's worship one last song here. Come on, I want this to be between, between you and the Lord right now as we worship together. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.